Okay, we are continuing on. We have, uh, we're in a series called Transformed. And uh, you see behind me uh, an unusual setting for a church in that we have an old gas pump and we have a whole bunch of tools and we have a restored gas pump. It's kind of a, a theme for what happens in this process of transformation. Um, we take something that we're not happy with the condition that it's in. We want to make it different. It involves a lot of tools. It involves a long process. It involves a plan. And we decide what we want to end with. And then we work towards that end to transform it. And God does the same thing in our lives. Growth and transformation is intentional. It doesn't happen automatically. It, there is a process. There's a plan. There are tools. And we've been looking at all of those. Um, we've been meeting in small groups during the week, talking about what we are talking about this morning. And so we talked about kind of laying out that whole process, and we've been looking at different areas, and we've looked at our spiritual transformation, where God changes us. And we talked about uh, what's involved in that. We talked about the physical transformation, that if we're going to change physically, there's some things that, that we have to do. Uh, physical transformation, the, the physical well-being of us is important. We talked about the idea of uh, being honest about where we are physically. We talked about the idea of learning how to handle stress. We talked about the idea of learning the importance of Sabbath and, and rest. Uh, we talked about mental health last week. We talked about how we, God transforms us mentally and how important that, that our thinking is. That we, you guys, in the small groups, you talk about ways to, to manage your mind. And last week, we talked about some, some ideas behind it of, of feeding your mind with truth, of getting rid of the junk that, um, that's not helping your thinking and process, and, and focusing on healthy stuff. We talked about the idea of focusing on Jesus and others and um, the eternal things in life. This morning, we're going to talk about emotions. Um, and you'll need to know, full disclaimer, uh, this is my biggest area that I have to grow in, okay? Uh, this is my, um, my wife made that very clear to me this week. Because um, <clears throat> we were both taking the same test. So I'll get to that in a minute. But we were both taking some tests, and, 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 and she looked at that as an opportunity to tell me things that uh, I needed to hear. So, uh, you know, I know this is, you know, emotionally, this is my big, if you want to know any area of my life out of the seven that we're going to look at, that need to be transformed, this is it for me, okay? So I, I'm not speaking from experience, I'm speaking from need, okay? Uh, so uh, I've tried to be, fortunately I've been busy all week, so I didn't get to spend a lot of time. Uh, I spent enough time to get nervous. So, uh, But here's the idea, it's in Matthew cha- or Mark chapter 12, here's what it says. Um, when Jesus is talking, he says, the most important one, answered Jesus, and they're asking about the greatest commandment, is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, every Jewish person said this every single day, so this wasn't uncommon to, for, for a Jewish person to hear. But the next part is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. He talks here about this internal world that we've been talking about, physically, mentally, emotionally. So we're going to talk this morning about the emotional side of it. So let me lay a little bit, little bit of groundwork about your emotional well-being, okay? First of all, you need to understand that we were all created in the image of God, okay? Um, and God is emotional. Um, there is an emotional aspect to God. You read in the Bible of God getting angry. You read of him having joy. 
You, you read of the emotional side of God, and when we are created to the image of God, we have an emotional well-being about us. Often in life, people live on the extreme edges of emotions. And I would say that most of us, if we were honest, we're kind of at the extremes. There are some of you that it's all about emotion. You, you make your decisions based on emotion. Teenagers, you're going to have a very, very different, because of what's happening physically and hormones and all that kind of thing, this is where a lot of teenagers live. Well, I don't feel like going to school today, so I don't want to go to school today. I don't feel like going to work. Um, adults live here. Well, I don't feel like forgiving them. And so you, you make your decisions based on how you feel. Okay? And that's, we're going to see this morning, that's dangerous. Okay? That's dangerous to live at this extreme. Some of you, and this tends to, and I don't want to broad brush, broad brush it, but some of you, particularly men who have been raised in a rural environment, your concept is no emotions. You don't cry. You don't, you know, this is where I tend to fall. Okay, and some of it's an occupational hazard, but this is where I tend to fall. If, I, honestly, if we, if 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 I'm at a, if I'm at a high school basketball game. And it has been within one or two points. And the clock is ticking down. And there's 40 and there's 50, you know, there's 50 seconds and then 40 seconds and they're dribbling down. And everybody's standing up screaming. I'm the guy that's sitting there going, okay, who's going to make the point? Only reason I'm going to stand is because I can't see. I'm not going to stand and go, ah, I'm not that person. I'm just not that person. Okay? I, I just, that's, I, I think every sport should be like golf. I think... You know, that, you know, everybody stands quietly, you watch them take the shot, you clap, and then you quiet. And You know, I, I would love to be the guy holding the quiet sign. I mean, you know, quiet. Watch the game. That's what this is all about. So some of us go to that extreme, and that's not healthy either, okay? There, there's a balance in there that you want to find, and we're finding in business this is, this is a bigger issue than we have given credence to um, in the business world. When you look at the Bible, there's an entire book of the Bible that's all emotions. Psalms. The psalmist, every emotion you can imagine is covered in that book. Um, You get the book of Proverbs and it's a lot of thinking stuff, a lot of application, a lot of uh, Proverbs and and principles that way. So you you find that. Your focus this week in your small group is going to be healing damaged emotions. Because that's where a lot of people get stuck. You've been hurt, and you don't know how to get past it. And that's where you're going to talk about in a small group. This morning, what we're going to talk about is this idea of managing it. How do you, how do you, how do you, so you're not living over there, and you're not living over here. How do you find that middle ground a little bit? So um, let's, um, let, let, let's talk about it for a second. You have to understand that the emotional side of human beings is, first of all, it's very, very unreliable. Okay? Listen, to, listen to what Scripture says in Proverbs. There's a, way, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. It seems like, you know, I feel this way, so this is what I should do. You know, my gut says this, so this is what I'm going to do. Um, this, is how I th- this is how I feel, so this is what I'm going to go and, and, and act upon it. If you've noticed in life, a lot of times it gets us in trouble. Um, I feel like I should tell you what I really think, 
that usually doesn't end well. Okay? Um, I don't feel like going to work, so I'm not going to go to work. That usually doesn't end well. Um, if you run your life that way, it gets you in trouble. And then when you have no emotion whatsoever, that gets you in trouble. Um, so, so you have to have this kind of, you have to understand. It's easily manipulated. Your emotions are very easily manipulated. Um, listen to Proverbs 25. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Look, infomercials are based on the principle that we can get you to make decisions by emotion. I mean, I, this morning, I, you know, I got up there early this morning, I had the TV on, and, and, and they're having this, they had this infomercial on uh, for uh, an oven, a convection oven that was also like an Air Daddy and a convection thing. And if you bought it right away, I could have gotten like three extra bonus things. And, uh, and I, I, I mean, I'm getting ready, and I'm watching this thing. I don't need one of these. I've got a little convection oven that I use, and I've got an air fryer, and I've got a, all those other things. And I'm watching them going, I wonder how much this is going to be. I'm just, I, that's always my, I wonder how much. And they came on, they said, this would normally sell for $400. And then they said, it's only $49.95 for five payments. So I'm doing the math, 250 bucks. Well, if I wait a year... It'll be 45 bucks at, at farm, uh, Fleet Farm or whatever, or whoever else. You know, you just wait till the cycle comes around. Why? Because here's what happened. Uh, the emotional side of me goes, I need that even though I don't need that. The thinking side of me then kicked in and said, that's an outrageous price. And then, do you really need it? Because I knew what my wife would say if I bought another kitchen gadget. You know, because why? The whole infomercial world is geared towards it. Salesmen are geared towards this. That's why most of you don't want to go to a, to a car lot. You know, one of the biggest things right now in, in buying cars is this no-haggle price. Here's their price. Take it or leave it. You know, and, and we're like, yeah, that's what I want. I just want to go in and either say yes or no, and we're done. Um, and, and, and so your emotions come into play with that. They're, they're affected by so many things. Your physical health. Um, your physical health. Again, all of these things, these internal world, physical, mental, emotional, they, they all overlap and interconnect with each other. So, you know, if, 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 if physically, for instance, I, here's what I find for me. I have to be very careful right now because um, it's kind of one of those things where in my life for the last couple of weeks and for about the next two or three weeks, I'm going to be running on fumes most of the time. And I happen to know myself enough to know this. I can get really owie. And I can get really, really short. Because why? Because that impacts my emotions. They're, they're easily affected. They're easily um, manipulated. They're easily um, changed that way. And here, but here's the thing. When we run that way, God's not pleased when we run it off the flesh, when we run it off the emotion. Listen to um, Romans chapter 8. Here's what he says. He says, the mind is governed, mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Through the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, goodness. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. 
those who are in the realm of the flesh can't please God. If we let that emotion side of our life run, it gets us in trouble, is what he's saying. Just like every other area of our life, it's got to be balanced. So let's talk about how we do that. First thing you need to do. Make sure you can understand and identify emotions. Okay? And there are people that actually have a hard time doing this. Um, make sure you understand. When, when, we get, when I got ready to restore this gas pump, I had to do a lot of research to understand it. I had to understand when it was made. I had to understand how many of them were made, where they predominantly were. If I was going to find parts for it, if this, was a, this happened to be kind of a Midwest kind of gas pump, so it was easier to find parts for here than if it had been, say, out in California or over on the East Coast. Um, I had to find people who would make reproduction parts. Fortunately for me, that happened to be a, there's only two places in the country that do it, and one of them is in Omaha. So I was actually able to walk down there and talk to them about it. I had to understand it. And here's the thing. You, you have to work at your emotions to really understand your emotions and what you are feeling and why you are feeling it. Um, that is a big part of being able to handle and manage your emotions. Um, I, I, I don't have time to flesh this all out, but let me help you. For instance, somebody comes to me and goes, hey, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm dealing with fear. Now, they don't know it yet, but you know what the answer to that is? It's a love problem. You go, what? It's a love problem. Now, I don't have time to flesh all this out, but Peter says, perfect love casts out fear. So we have to figure out what it is that we need to deal with regarding love. Or why, why, and, and we flesh all of that stuff out. People come in, you know, if, for instance, if you're, uh, you're short and you're angry, okay, why? Let's, let's try to get to the root of what it is that is really at the crux that we need to deal with. Let's identify what the issue is. The, I call it root and fruit. The fruit is anger. What's the root? What's causing the anger? What's causing the anger? Think, you think about it. Those of you who've been, who've been married or are married, I want you to ask, ask yourself this question. Was the last big fight you ever had about really what you were fighting about at that moment? No. It was about something that you backpacked for years or months or days, and all of a sudden, it, okay, I need to back up. You know what I mean when I say backpack? Okay? This was explained to me when I got married. Every time a problem comes up, you do one of two things. You deal with it or you put it in your invisible backpack. Problem comes up in your marriage. You know, my wife didn't clean the floor the way I wanted the floor cleaned. Put it in the backpack. My wife didn't take out the trash. I had to do it. You put it in your backpack. And then what happens is in a marriage, something comes up. Oh, my wife didn't tell me about that. And you go to put it in a backpack, but the backpack is full. It can't hold anymore. And you know what you do? You take the backpack and you dump out this mountain of unresolved issues. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're in this fight and, and, and you're bringing up stuff from weeks or months or even years ago because it's been backpacked all this time instead of dealing with it on a daily basis. And the next thing you know, you, you, I, it's like I tell couples, now what you have is you have this mound of spaghetti of problems. And the only way for us to go forward is to start pulling them out one by one and dealing with them. 
Because that's what you have done in, in not dealing with these things. And so, Paul ta- so we talk about this idea of, of constantly being able... And what you find is, the, at the source of your argument, it's not what the, last, what the argument was really about, but something way back there. That's what you have to do. You have to identify it. You have to understand yourself. Um, I, I'm gonna, here's what happened, okay? So I, when, we got to this, when I got to this point and I was studying the message, I thought, okay, you know what? I'm, I, there, there's a thing right now, in the, in the, in the, it's been around for a while, but one of the things that they're finding in the business world is this. You have an intelligence, an IQ, and you have an emotional IQ, so to speak. And what they're finding in the business world is that emotional quote, that emotional part of, of you really affects the workplace more than we ever realized. And so now what's happening is a lot of companies, not only they're giving you a, a competency test on the area, but they're giving, and, and they're also, they're testing you on personality. They're also testing your emotional, uh, your, your EQ. And they're finding, because what the EQ is, asks, it tells you, for instance, how do you interact with people? How can you figure out what the other person is feeling. Because you get people who are competent in the area of their qualifications, but they can't interact with people. And you put them in a job where they have to interact with people and it's a, it blows up. You're better off to put them in a context where they don't have to work with people so you can find people who work with people and put it all together to have a better organization. So there's all kinds of online tests to find out what your EQ is. So. I started taking it because my wife is stuck at home right now, and she is bored out of her mind with TV, so I'm in my office. I said, hey, honey, I'm going to send you a link. I want you to take a test. So I would take the test. So the first test I took, um, I didn't like. um, Because basically what it came out to say is, you need help. I mean, that's the whole summary of it. I got like 60 out of 200. Um, <clears throat> and I said, I don't like that test. So I thought, okay, maybe it's just me. You know, maybe I need to be more honest, identify what my issues are. So, uh, well, the reason I didn't like tests is it, it gave me like, it was 200 points, but it, it had like 15 questions. And I'm like, I mean, that, you know, that's a tough test. So, <clears throat> so I went and found another test. This one was 40 questions. Um, it did a little better on it. Uh, you find you you get the internet to say whatever you want to say if you work hard enough at it, okay? But so I I took this and this one was more business oriented, which I really liked. It gave me some insight and that kind of thing. And then I went on to Psychology Today website and um, they had a 145 question test that took 45 minutes to take. So I had my wife take the first two and she goes, I don't like them. I said, oh good, it wasn't just me. I said, so I took this other one and this big, long, 45 minutes. It's been 45 minutes to take this test. It was awesome. It made me think of stuff I've never, ever thought about. Um, and then it, gave me, then it gave you like this one-page report, which didn't tell you anything. Um, and so for $10, I could get a detailed report. And I'm like, you know what? I want to know. So I got the detailed report. Now, I also then got a thing on my credit card that said, hey, this was an international transaction. Are you okay with that? And I was like, yes, I am, but go ahead. So, but anyway, here's the deal. Uh, and I can give you these links. So I got this, I don't know how many pages this thing is going to be. It's like 18, 19 page report. I'm going to sum up a couple of highlights for you. Um, strengths. You are aware of your strengths and weaknesses when it comes to emotions. 
I felt good about that. You are able and willing to adapt your social skills to circumstances around you. I felt really good about that. Um, potential strength. You have an, a satisfactory emotional IQ level. Because the other one said you need a lot of help. Um, you are reasonably resilient and hardy. I really like that. Now, here's where it said you got work to do. You are not very comfortable with emotions in general. I was like, yeah, really? Yeah, like, that surprises me. And then, <laughs> this was the one that hit the closest to home. Your flexibility is very limited. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. It gave me a good picture of where I am, what I need to work on. It gave me an idea to be able to identify strengths and weaknesses. It helped me understand, okay, you know what? This is, this is where you are, and, and, and this is the thing. You've got to be honest with yourself about this, you know? And uh, my wife started reading it, and she goes, yep, this is right, you know? Uh, she took it. She like, it's like I say, it's fascinating testing. But anyway, I say it, to, to, you've got to be able to identify where you are in this emotional spectrum. I, the more you can understand yourself, the more you can help yourself figure out where you are and where you need to go. Just like the more I can understand about this pump, the more I can understand where I need to go, how I can get the parts and stuff that I need. So the first thing you do is identify. The second thing is this. You challenge it. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's true. Your feelings are true, but that doesn't mean you should have those feelings. Okay? Um, give you an example. Um, you don't accept it right off the bat as, as truth. You ask yourself the questions. Why am I feeling this way? I don't want to go to work today. That's how I feel. Why am I feeling that way? Because I'm tired. Because I don't like my job. Because it's going to be a hard day. Because it's Monday and I've got to do it five more times this week. You know? Why are you feeling the way you're feeling? Identify it and be able to, to, to identify it and say, okay, now challenge it. And the bottom line is, ask yourself this. How many people get up every day? You know, teenagers, please help me. Listen, teenagers, 20s, 30s, listen to me. This is what we're seeing all the time in, in jobs. You go into the job market. It's not what you thought. It doesn't. Click all the bells and whistles for you. So you quit to go find another job that clicks all the bells and whistles because you're under the assumption, the unrealistic expectation, that your job should be enjoyable 24-7, seven days a week. Any job has problems with it. Every job has its pluses and its minuses. You just need to suck it up and tough it out. And that utopia job that you're pursuing, you will spend your entire life pursuing and never find. I love what I do. But if you don't think this job has days, if you think that every Sunday I get up and say, I can't wait to get in the pulpit this morning. I sat back there today saying, God, is there any way I can get a nap this morning? 
Not because I don't like it, but because it's, it's just the stuff that's happened to have made it hard. And I watch kids that you're, you, you are so run by your feelings instead of commitment and loyalty that you are making some really tough, serious career killers. Because when people look at your resume, they see job, 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 job. None of them last more than a year, two years, or three years. And they're going, I'm just another, I'm just another jump in the cog of, of jobs. And, and you, don't, you don't get this idea that, look, you have to be very, you have to take your feelings and challenge them. Do you, kids, here's how you wait. Do you, do you want to go into work today? No. Do you want a paycheck? Yes. So what do you do? You go to work. Because the thought of a paycheck is more important than the feeling of, I don't want to do this. And if you haven't realized it yet, most of the world's work is done by people who don't want to do it. But they get up and do it anyway. Why? Because they're not going to let their feelings dictate the response. Some of you are going, oh, preach to those kids, preach to those kids. Okay, now let me talk to adults for a second. I don't want to forgive them because I don't feel like it. What does the Bible say? Forgive one another as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's a command. It says nothing about your feelings. Well, you don't understand. I, I would be hypocritical to forgive them until I feel like it. Wrong. Why? You forgive because God tells you to forgive. God doesn't say forgive when you feel like forgiving. Did you, do you want God to forgive you when he feels like forgiving you? No, you want God to forgive you no matter what, right? So what are you or I to do if we are followers of God and Christ? We forgive as he forgave us. You know, well, you don't understand how bad they hurt me. It doesn't matter. Well, you don't understand. They, they did this and this and this and this and this. Okay, time out. Let's do a comparison then. Let's talk about all the things that you've done to hurt God. Did he forgive you? Yes. Okay. Forgive. No, but, but it's so painful. For, you don't think our sin is painful to God? You see what I'm saying? If you're not careful, you let the emotions drive you in your decision, and, and you have to put it to the test. So I have forgiven people that I don't feel like forgiving. but I forgave him because I'm commanded to forgive. And you go, is it a struggle? You bet it is. Because a lot of times, just like you, I want to grab it back. Because the hurt was deep and the hurt was real. You have to challenge your thoughts. You have to challenge this concept. So, so, so one of the ways you challenge your feelings is this. Let me ask something. If you keep going down the road that you're on, to make you better or worse? Make you better or bitter? Which way? Which way does it go? Kids, you decide that you're, gonna, you're only going to go into work on days that you feel like it. You're only going to go to school on the days that you feel like it. Is that going to be better for you in the long run or worse? You challenge it. You challenge it. You ask yourself, is not forgiving that person and staying bitter, is that going to make me better or worse? It's worse. 
You put those feelings to a test. You ask yourself, okay, this is not a healthy path to be on. You go, but you don't understand. It's so overwhelming. My feelings are so, okay, look, I get that. But you have to put it to the test. You have to try to figure it out. You want a great, uh, a lot of people deal with depression, okay? Again, this is the area I have the biggest issue on. Many of you would look at me and you would go, you never deal with depression. You would be surprised. It does become an issue for me. And, the, and I, ha- I understand why, too. The reason that it becomes an issue for me is I set for myself unrealistic expectations that are unattainable, so I will never, ever be satisfied because I will never, ever get there. And that creates depression if I'm not careful. One of the things that I have learned for me that helps me is this. Depression tends for me to become inward focused. It's about me. So for me, one of the cures for depression, you know what it is? Go serve other people. Um, I would love to take 30 minutes and get depressed, but right now I'm too busy. (laughs) I don't have time to fit it in, honestly. Honestly, you know, I'd love to crawl up in a ball and lay in my bed for a week. I don't have time for that, you know. And I'm not trying to simplify it. You say, well, depression is this is how I feel, but this is what I'm going to do. You know, and I know people who are here this morning who you struggle with depression, but here's the thing. You did exactly what I'm talking about this morning. You got up, you felt depressed, you didn't want to come, you got dressed, you made yourself be here, and you're here. You go, I don't feel like being here. Well, it doesn't matter what you feel like. You are here. That is an incredible victory. That is an incredible victory that you got past the, this is how I feel and this is what I want to do, but I know this is what I should do, so I'm going to do this because this is right, and I don't want to, be do, I don't want to do that. I mean, I want to do that, but I'm not going to do that. Does that make sense? And that's what we're talking about when we talk about emotions. We don't allow the emotional side of it to control our actions. Instead, we bring it alongside with the thinking part and the physical part and say, now, by the way, there is a physical element to this. Um, One of the great stories in the Bible, if you struggle with depression, if you struggle with suicide thoughts, that kind of stuff, here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to go to the story of Elijah. And I want to challenge you to read that story when he comes up against the prophets of Baal. And short, short synopsis, here it is. Elijah's on the mountain, Against the prophets of Baal, he decides that he's going to call down fire from heaven. Baal does, Baal and, the, and Jezebel's prophets do their thing. It doesn't work. He has them dump a whole bunch of water on, on, the, on the, the, the altar, calls down fire from heaven. God wipes it all out. Fire from heaven comes down and takes up all the altar. They turn around, they kill all the prophets of Baal. Jezebel gets all ticked and says, you're a dead man, Elijah. I'm coming after you. And when you read the story of Elijah, you need to also go to a map in the back of your Bible and look and follow the trail. He goes from here all the way down to here, which is a long distance. Then he makes a crucial mistake. He leaves his servant. So now he's alone, and he goes all even farther south. So it's like, I'm going to get as far as I wait. God can go down fire from heaven and take care of all of the prophets of Baal, but he can't protect me. And he gets all the way down here. He's depressed. He's so depressed that he says, I'm the only one left. God, take my life down. So he's suicidal. He's depressed. He's suicidal. And he's at the bottom. This is God's man. This is Elijah. Okay. 
This is one of the great prophets. This is one of the guys that set the Mount Transfiguration with Jesus. So as, as they're there, and they're, and they're doing all this thing, here they are, and he's all depressed and everything else, and an angel of God comes to him, and it's God coming to him. Now, what's the first thing you think God's going to do? What are you doing here? Don't you, you're my guy. You're supposed to be up there. What are you running from her for? Don't you, I took care of the mountain. Don't you think I can take care of That's not what God does. You know what God does? He says, sleep. Physically, you're exhausted. Sleep. He wakes up. You know what he says? Here, eat. He hasn't said a word to him other than sleep and eat. Then God starts to deal with him. And God does this. Elijah says, Elijah says, what are you doing here? And, and God says, hey, here's the deal. Or God says, what are you doing here? Elijah says, here's the deal. I'm the only guy left. I'm the only God's guy serving you. It's just me alone. It's better for me to just die and call it, call it good, go with you to be with heaven. We're all good. That's how he felt. What does God do? God changes his thinking by saying, Elijah, here's what you don't know. I got 400 or however many, well, like 400 more just like you. Hiding. You're not alone. Other people have been where you've been. I still got people. You're okay. And he changes his thinking to realize. I know that's how you feel, but here's what's true. And one of the things that you have to do in the issue of emotions, you have to sit back and say, okay, this may be how I feel, but what's right? What's biblical? What does the Bible say? How does God say to address it? I don't feel like forgiving. What does God say? Forgive. I don't feel like letting that go. I don't feel like God can use me. What does the Bible say? God has removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. He's buried in the depths of the deepest sea. You're his child. He has taken your sin. He has put it away. He has covered it. He is in, and he, you are now in Christ, and he wants to use you. I don't care how you feel. Oh, there are so many other people that are more talented than I am. Yeah, you're exactly right. There are. So what? God's given you talents, you gifts, you ability, and he wants you to use yours. He doesn't want you to use somebody else's. He doesn't want you to compare you to somebody else's. He wants to use you. It's not about how you feel. It's about what God says. And that's, that's the key to this emotional thing is understanding the truth and understanding what God says and stepping back and going, okay, I'm going to challenge it. And then you change, you tame, you change what you're thinking. And you bring your thinking in line. You go, look, look. Here, here's the thing. Whatever you're going through, have you ever asked yourself how God can use it? Have you ever asked yourself how God can use this difficult time in your life? God's got a purpose. You know, I was able in the flood to talk to a lot of people and say, look, you may not, be able, you may not believe this right now and you probably don't want to hear it, but you know what? In 1996, our church went through the exact same thing you're going through. At the time, we were confused. We didn't understand what God was doing or why God was doing it. But we look back now, and we can see the hand of God all over it. And believe it or not, the flood of 96 was the best thing that ever happened to our church. It forced us to make some decisions we wouldn't have made otherwise at that time. And God was in all of it, and God took care of us. And I know you may not believe this right now, but God will take care of you through this as well. And there will come a time that you may look back on this Lord willing, if you have that much time on this earth, you'll be able to look back on this and realize this ended up being a good thing for you, not a bad thing. 
Why? Because we comfort others with the comfort God has comforted us. And you can take that struggle that you're having with anger or, or depression or whatever it is that you're struggling with, and as you start to work through it and God uses you, you can use it to help other people who are going through that as well. I want to challenge you because we're in a world where we're led by our emotions. It's one of the reasons our kids are struggling. It's one of the reasons, by the way, by the way, teenagers, it's one of the reasons that depression rates are so high with teenagers and suicide rates are starting to creep up with teenagers again. Because you are, you are living in a world driven by emotions. And the problem is, like I say, they're changing. You add into that a teenager and the hormones and all that that's happening. Well, you talk about a time bomb. And that's why it's important that we start to raise kids in such a way to help them understand parameters and guidelines and thinking and think through things and, and, and apply things and not run so much by your feelings. Because you know as well as I do. Most of you got up this week and went to your job because you needed to go to your job and it was the right thing to do, not because you felt like it. And unfortunately, and you talk to anybody who's got a business and this is what they'll tell you, this is a big issue. Trying to hide, hire people and get people to, you know, kids, I, you, I, two pieces of advice to guarantee you will have a job forever. You have to do two things. Show up and be on time. And I guarantee you, you will be employable from this point on. You're like, really? It's that? Yeah. I didn't even say competent. Just show up and be on time. It's that bad right now. And you, you ask people who are running businesses, and they'll tell you how hard that is. You really want to do well, you need to do a few other things. But if you just want a job, show up and be on time, and you're, you're, you'll be gainfully employed for the next 50, 60 years. Because it's hard to get, because what happened? And, and those of you who work all the excuses they give you are feeling-based. You know, and we've got to get past this and we've got to raise a group of kids who understand that, look, it, it, if you drive and, 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 and here's my mindset. OK, and, and here's why emotional decisions usually don't last. Case in point, how many of you remember sitting around a campfire at a Christian camp somewhere and the emotions of the night? And people made a bunch of decisions. And two days later, nobody was doing any of them. Why? Because it was a I'm not saying they weren't sincere. I'm not saying they didn't want to do what's right. But it was a decision where they didn't think it through. They didn't think it through. And sticking with it. And it's important for us to understand. Look, I believe solid, lasting change, transformation, starts in the head. Works out through your heart, your emotion, and ultimately working out in your hands, actions. My preaching, you know, newsflash, my preaching is geared that way. Head, heart, hands. Right now, I could start to play a certain kind of music. And I could start to get softer. And I could start to tell you that you really need to struggle with 
and that God is speaking to your heart right now. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to pray and I want you to, in your heart, deal with all of your emotions right now. Some of you are going, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And then you'll go in there and eat and forget all about it. You have to be careful with this area of emotions. Okay? You have to be careful with it. I think it's a danger to make it your primary way of making decisions that'll get you in trouble. I think when you talk about head, heart, hand, it needs to be third on the list. I'm not saying God doesn't use our emotions. Okay? There are movies that I cry at. Okay? How is it Jimmy says it? What does Jimmy say? He doesn't say cry. He says, what does he say? Huh? Yeah, I'm leaking. That's what he says, which has a whole other set of connotations. But, you know, um, you know, my eyeballs are leaking. Um, you know, but I mean, the whole concept of this is, but again, that's, you know, and, and we want to be tenderhearted. We don't want to get to that extreme. We don't want to get to this extreme. Okay? And you don't want to get to a point, and like I say, I'm way over here. You know, he didn't get the, I'm not crying for, from his mother, okay? Um, you know, he got that more from dad, unfortunately, because I tended to be way over here, you know? I, I, I'm old school, you know? Oh, I got myself cut. Does it need stitches? No. Is it broken? No. Get back to work. You know, you're going, Really? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that I came from that. So, like I say, this is my big growth area, to try to be a little more flexible, to be a little more emotional about stuff. But for me, I'm not excusing it. Honestly, it's an occupational hazard. I can't be the one standing up doing a funeral blubbering all the way through it. People need somebody that is kind of holding it together. And so that been a real struggle for me because there have been some really emotional deals that I've had to figure out a way to deal with my emotional side of it after that. I want to challenge you to think it through, okay? Be careful here. Don't let it drive you. Don't push it away and run from it. This is my thing. And and basically that's what the test said. When you deal with emotional people, you disengage or you run. And that is true because I'm like... That's why God gave me two boys. Okay? Because I couldn't handle, you know, that's why when I got the girls, they were like all fully grown. You know, and you know, I've often had their dad say, you know, oh yeah, you didn't have, no, I didn't have to do that. I got them all packaged up already and done. So, you know, that, that, was, the, that was the nice part of it for me uh, as a dad. But I just want to challenge you with it because be careful here. Be careful here. And for some of you, you're hanging on to stuff you just need to let go of. You're going to talk about that in small group this week. And um, really learning to deal with some of those, those, those damaged emotions that are hurting you. And you're never going to get to what God designed for you to be if you keep hanging on to them. I end this way. Our emotional side of our being has a great impact on our thinking and on our physical well-being. God created, God wants us to be well-balanced and healthy in all those areas. God created us as emotional beings, beings who feel and express emotion. As believers, we must identify them, challenge them, control them. That way, it helps us to have a healthy emotional well-being.
Let's pray. Lord, help us. Lord, some of us have a hard time grasping this because, uh, Lord, we're just not wired that way. Others, Lord, tend to take it way in the opposite direction. And, Lord, we want to be sensitive to the emotions and feelings of people around us. Lord, we want to be allow our emotions to influence us, to cause us to change and think about things. But, Lord, we, won't, we don't want them to drive us. Uh, we, won't, we don't want them to be the determining way in the way we respond and act. So, Lord, help us as we try to deal with our emotional, emotional side of our well-being. May we not repress it. May we not elevate it. But we keep it well-balanced. And, Lord, use all of us. And as for some who are really struggling, Lord, this is a world in which they live in. Lord, would you help them understand the value of uh, dealing with this? And for those of us, Lord, who struggle on the other end of it, we just tend to run away. May we be honest with ourselves and start to work to develop, to be sensitive to the needs and the emotions of those around us. We ask in your name. Amen.